Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. We are in week four of our series, Summer in the Psalms. And I told Ryan last week that it was not fair that he preached the house down. If y'all haven't listened to that message, well, don't do it now. But when you leave here, you need to go listen to that message. And I said, no, 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 that's not fair. You are not allowed to preach the best message you've ever preached the week before I get up and preach when I haven't preached in forever. And so I told him that, and he started laughing. He was like, well. (laughs) But this morning, we are going to dive into Psalm chapter one, the very first Psalm in the book of Psalms. And we're going to talk about a topic this morning that just says this, where are you planted? Let's pray together our congregational prayer. Father, As I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. The question of where are you planted, it's an important question because it helps us evaluate where our life is with the Lord. You see, at times, we will evaluate the sin in others' lives. We will look at where they are planted. But what the scripture is telling us this morning is that we need to evaluate ourselves. Because the mark of a mature Christian is not seeing the sin in everyone else, but it is seeing the sin in ourselves. Oh, can I say that again? The mark of a mature Christian is not seeing the sin in everyone else, but being able to see the sin in ourselves. Where are you planted? We've heard stories of precious young people that have gotten in with the wrong crowd. We as parents and as grandparents, as aunties and and grandmamas, we, we try our best to keep our babies in with the right crowd. But we hear those stories continually over and over again that was, he was such a good kid. She was just, she was such a good kid until they fell into the wrong crowd. Where are you planted? Many times we have watched a brother or sister be led into a theology or doctrine crafted by the beliefs of this world instead of the foundation of the word of God. Where are you planted? How many times have we seen young people go to a party with no intention of drinking or smoking pot, only to find themselves in the midst of full-blown addiction? How many times have we seen precious people leave the church or step away from the Lord, stop following the Lord altogether because they got into that church circle and instead of receiving godly advice, their offense was fed. Where are we planted? I'm reminded today that it means so much and it matters where we're planted. It is imperative for us to look around and find those that are surrounding us. Who is around us? And we will read that in Psalm chapter one, that the blessing of the Lord and the joy of the Lord and the 
uh, foundation of the Lord depends on who we surround ourselves with. My prayer this morning and throughout this week is that the conviction of the Holy Spirit will fall on each and every one of us. Listen, friends, there's something that I started praying years ago when I became a pastor's wife. I started praying the conviction of the Holy Spirit to fall on my husband, on myself, on my children, and on my church. Because I don't want this to be a place where we play. I want this to be a place where we grow. And so this morning and throughout this week, I've been praying, Lord, let the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and listen, it has hit me hard. For the last few weeks, I have been fasting and praying for a miracle in my home. For the last few weeks, I've been fasting and praying for myself, for my husband, for the health of my children, and for this church. And I can tell you this, that I have seen with spiritual eyes, I've only been on it for about 14 days, but I have seen with spiritual eyes what God wants to do next in this place. And I don't know about you, but I want to be ready. See, this isn't about, God, thank you so much that you've poured in the community into this place. But Lord, humbly we ask you that we will be ready to receive those that are broken and are hurting. And we can share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, it matters where you're planted. There are wonderful churches in the city of Tallahassee, in Crawfordville. One, a dear friend of mine is the pastor's wife at Ivan Assembly of God in, in Wakulla. She lives right down the road from me, actually. We live in Wakulla and so in Crawfordville. And so she comes over for coffee and we sit and we talk. There are wonderful churches around the city and around the surrounding areas. It is important where you are planted. It is important what small group you attend. It is important who you surround yourself with. Let's open the word of God this morning. Psalm chapter one. Oh, the joys. In other versions of scripture, it says blessed. This psalm is called a beatitude psalm. Just as Jesus sat on the sermon uh, on the mountain and gave that sermon and he began to break out the beatitudes Theologians consider this a beatitude psalm, that if you do this, then you are blessed. Oh, the joys, blessed are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Verse 3. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves will never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. Can we pray one more time, please? Father, this morning, Lord, help us to hear your word. May we be a tree planted along the river, bearing fruit in every season of our lives. Father, we ask today 
for the sweet conviction of your Holy Spirit that we will go from glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen. The idea that we can produce good fruit planted in a bad place is ludicrous. It all depends on the soil. Now, here's one thing I found when we moved to Washington State, and we lived there for almost five years, everyone is a gardener. They all, they all do their lawn themselves. They, there's no this like, hey, Colin, Brandon, Neil, can you come like take care of all of this because it's too hot? No, no, they do it all themselves because you only have to do it about three months out of the year because that's the only time that you see the sun. So I have all these women in my church who have these beautiful rose bushes and hydrangeas and, and tomatoes and they're growing all of them. And I'm like, I can't keep a plastic plant alive. <laughs> and you think I'm joking. They gave me this plant. It, it's so bad. They gave me this plant. It's called a succulent. Has anybody ever heard of that? Had never heard of it. I had to look it up. And basically you cannot kill this plant. I did. So listen, they took it and they brought it back to life and they handed it back to me. And, and they, we, I forget, I think we called, we called him Gordon. So I was like, maybe if I name him, I don't know why I thought Gordon, but I was like, maybe if I name him, he'll live. So they, they took Gordon from me because I was not a good plant parent. And so they took Gordon from me and they gave him back and they're like, listen, we found a little piece that he was growing. So they handed it back to me. I killed him again. They literally took it. They took it. They're like, we're done with you. We're done. They gave me a plastic succulent to set on my kitchen window. But in the state of Washington, I learned so much about how you, planting and growing because we had apple trees and plum trees in our backyard. And that's so different than when we lived in South Florida. In South Florida, we had grapefruit trees, orange trees. See, it matters where you're planted. What tree will grow what fruit? Do you hear me? Even in Washington State, strawberries are wonderful up there, which we have really good strawberries. Anybody ever been to the strawberry festival in the state of Florida? Mm, it's good. That, listen, I'm fasting sweets. That strawberry shortcake sets like this high. I mean, it's good. But in the state of Florida, we harvest our strawberries in February. In Washington, they harvest them in June. See, it matters where you're planted. What soil are you in? And the Lord spoke this to me this week. He says, the reason why it is so important about where we are planted is because the soil determines the tree and the tree determines the fruit. Different climates, different places, different soil. What are we producing? Verse one, we're going to read this verse again. It says, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. The word there, oh, the joys can also be interchanged with the word blessed. And as I was reading the first part of the scripture, I heard 
an amazing pastor this week say this, oh, the joys of those who do not follow follow the advice of the wicked. And he said this, bad advice can cost you the very thing it promises to give you. When we are searching for advice, it is important to know who we are getting it from and where they are getting it from. Because we underestimate the value of bad advice. Friends, it is expensive. Bad advice is very expensive. It will cost you the very thing you are searching out for. The promise, the answer that you're searching for, that bad advice will steal and rob. What does it say here? It says, oh, the joys that do not follow the advice of the wicked. Bad advice will steal our joy. So it matters, friends, it matters. And and as I said at the beginning of this, don't just say it's for our teenagers, because it is for our teenagers. We want them to surround themselves with godly young people, making good choices. But it is important for us as we are searching for truth and advice in our life, who are we going to? First off, you better go to somebody. We go to God first. And God surrounds us with people in order to receive that godly advice. Because I don't know about you, but there are some times when I am in a situation, I don't know what to do. I've gone before the Lord. I've gone into scripture. I don't know that next step. Do you know my next call is? It's my mom. It's Ryan, it's my sister, it's those people that I surround myself with that I know they're not gonna tell me what I need to hear. I mean, I'm sorry, they're not gonna tell me what I want to hear. They're gonna tell me what I need to hear. We don't take financial advice from someone who's consistently broke. We don't take nutritional advice from someone who's consistently sick. And friends, we better not take career advice from the person that's consistently in trouble with the boss. So why do we take spiritual advice from people who are not grounded in the word of God? Jesus shares this with us in Matthew chapter 7. He says in verse 15, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. The word false prophet there means pseudo prophet or religious imposter. This is not just the one speaking from the platform, but in Thayer's Greek lexicon this week, I read that is someone who is acting a part of a divinely inspired prophet. It is a religious imposter. Verse 18, you can identify them by their fruit. That is the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad. It matters where we're planted. It matters who we take advice from. Do not go with the next great revelation of theology that changes the thing that you've learned since childhood. Make sure you research it out. Doesn't mean that there are some things that we have taught maybe a little off over years. 
But what you need to do is you need to make sure that if you are taking advice or you are listening to a preacher from the platform, that you do your research. This week, I found an incredible new pastor. Um, I researched his church up in, the, up in um, Chicago. And I just, I, I, I loved what he was saying. But you know what? I, I wasn't just going to love what he was saying. I was going to do the research of what does this church believe? Because I don't want to get bad advice from somebody that's wicked. I don't want to go to a pseudo-religious person, a false religious person, and then speak to me, and then my life end up a mess. Verse 1 says that also in, in Psalm 1, it says that we're not supposed to get the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners. Sometimes have you ever found yourself just standing there? Like, I'm not participating. I'm, I'm just standing there. Have you ever felt bad because somebody said maybe an inappropriate joke or something that was racially off color and you didn't speak up, but you just stood around? Well, Lord, that's not my heart. Oh, well, you got super quiet. Lord, that's not my heart. I'm just, I'm just standing around. Scripture says in order to be blessed, we don't stand around with sinners. We don't join in with the mockers. Those that are critical and negative and are mocking the very things of God, we don't join in with that because we want to live a blessed life. Verse 2 says this, that instead of us standing around with the advice of the wicked, or, or taking the advice of the wicked, standing around with the sinner or joining in with the mocker, but instead, those that are blessed and are full of joy, delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. This, this, the delight of the Lord, the word of God, the life-giving, wonderful, convicting, encouraging, inspiring word of God. Where are we planted? Scripture says in the next verse that the people that choose not to take the advice of the wicked or stand around with the sinners or join in with the mockers, but instead pour their life into the word of God. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all that they do. Friend, I am asking myself this morning, Andrea, where are you planted? Have I taken up camp and planted myself in the midst of the sinner, the wicked voices and the mockers? See, it's so important to understand the voices that we're listening to, the advice that we're getting. It's so important to use our voice and stand up when we see sin and not in a haughty, arrogant way, but with love and compassion, we say, no, no, friends, this is not right. 
It is important for us not to join in when someone is mocking the very things of God, but instead to say, no, no, I want to be a tree planted in good soil, bearing good fruit. And scripture here tells us that it is a riverbank bearing fruit in each season. What is the river? The river is the living water. Jesus told us in John 7, 39, that the very spirit of God is the living water. And whoever, whoever believes, it will be given to. Where are we planted? Does it mean that our seasons will always be spring and fall, which seems to be the favorite season of every person. They love pumpkin spice. They love it when the, when the flowers start to bloom. But we also go through winter seasons where it is dark and it's very cold. When we can't see in front of us, what to do next. When it feels like there is no light being shown in our home and in our life, scripture says that we can still bear fruit in that season. Sometimes we go through the summer and we here in Florida understand the summer. When the humidity is so strong that you cannot breathe, it's almost suffocating. And the sun is bearing down on you so hot that it feels you are burnt, burnt to a crisp. You will still bear fruit. And how do we know this? Because the fruit is supernatural. The blessing isn't a nice car or a nicer house or it isn't even the removal of the difficulty or pain. The blessing is being able to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit no matter what season we walk through. Friend, let me tell you that again. The blessing of God in our life is not the removal of difficult situations in our life. Our life will not be perfect once we accept Christ. But what he has promised us is this, that he will give us a comforter, the Holy Spirit, who Paul says produces this kind of fruit in us. Galatians 5:22. the Holy Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are no laws against these things. Friend, we know where we're planted because of the fruit that we produce. You might be asking yourself that question today. Well, I, Andrea, I don't know where I'm planted. See, you may be like me. I, I got saved when I was five. So that was 41 years ago. 41 years of growing up in church. My dad was a pastor. I mean, it was two services on Sunday morning, one on Sunday night, Wednesday night, if there was a prayer group. If there, we were always at the church. 41 years of that. 
But do you know, even in 41 years of a firm foundation of the word of God, godly parents who have tried to lead me in a straight and narrow path, I still have to ask myself, Andrea, where am I planted today? Because I can't live off of the blessing and the river of 10 years ago. I have to be planted today next to that living water. And you might be asking yourself today, my life is a wreck. My life is a mess. How do I know if I don't feel like I'm planted along the riverbank? My children are in addiction. My marriage is broken. My, my body is full of pain. I ask you this, friend, don't look at the situation around you to determine where you're planted. Look at the fruit produced through you in the midst of that situation, and that will tell you where you are planted. It produces love. You ask yourself the question, am I extending love to the unlovable? And I don't mean just putting up with someone until they walk away. Oh, that ain't love. I Listen. Yes, yes, I'm doing great. Oh my gosh. Lord, don't lead me that way anymore. Are you loving the unlovable? Romans 12 tells us, don't just pretend that you love others, really love them. And I can tell you this, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is supernatural. So in those moments where you don't want to love and you just wanna uh, walk away, the Holy Spirit will produce a fruit of compassion and love that goes beyond what naturally you could ever even comprehend or think to the point that not only are you searching that person out, but you are praying for them in your prayer closet. See, that's what the love of the Holy Spirit does. Do you produce joy? Oh, friend, when you walk in, does the whole room get dark? You know, I, I grew up not really doing, I didn't like Disney. I didn't, you know, I didn't do any of that. I think my parents took me once when I was five years old. We were living up north and my parents took me. But there was one character that I don't know why I fell in love with. And I fell in love with Eeyore. Everything's blue. I can't find my tail. Y'all, I felt I had an, I have the huge Eeyore stuffed animal that its tail was Velcroed and I could remove it and stick it back on. But I, I, I loved his, I loved Eeyore. I, I felt my heart com, had so much compassion for him. And then a few years later, I met this big tall man named Ryan Kramer. And it was like Eeyore had come into my life. Everything's blue. Listen, he's in Puerto Rico. He's probably watching right now. I love you, baby. But we talk about it all the time, and he is Eeyore, and guess which one I am? Well, I am Tigger, bouncing in, saying, hey, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You want to go have fun? No. <laughs> do you bring joy into the room? Oh, friend, 
Don't be the one that sucks the life out of the room, but instead allow the Holy Spirit to produce a kind of fruit in you that when you walk into the room, joy begins to bubble up. Jesus said, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. Do you produce the peace of the Holy Spirit? That when you leave a room, people are at ease. Not because of you and what you said, but because of the Spirit of God that is inside of you. Patience. Do we live in patience? Do we live in kindness? Are our words full of kindness? Do we live and produce goodness? Do we produce faithfulness that no matter what happens, I am sticking. I am sticking no matter what, I choose to be faithful. Not because of my flesh doesn't want to, but his spirit says, this is the way we do it. Do you produce gentleness and friend? Do you produce self-control? It matters where you're planted because we friends can have a blessed life. Oh, the joys of those that meditate on the word of God day and night. And instead of being around with the wicked and the sinner and the mocker, when we step outside of the world, we step outside of what culture tells us and we step into the freedom of the word of God. Oh, the joys that we are trees planted along the living water, producing this kind of fruit in every season. Can we stand together this morning? Father, we ask today that you would reveal to each and every one of us, those of us that are on the platform and those of us that are sitting in the service, those of us that are watching online, reveal to each and every one of us today where we are planted. If we have been taking advice from the wicked culture of this world, forgive us. If we have been standing around with sinners, forgive us. Lord, if we have been joining in with those that mock and criticize the very things that you are doing, Lord, forgive us. But instead, uproot us today roots and all remove us from that place of bitterness and cynicism and criticalness and sin and replant us next to your living water may we hear the river of the Holy Spirit flowing through our home through our church through our neighborhood through our lives with every head bowed and eye closed this morning if that's you as as we have been praying and as the Word of God has been opened up if you know today you are not planted along the riverbank no one is looking around I want you to lift your hand this morning hands everywhere friend I have to tell you the freedom of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is priceless I don't want to tell you that it's going to be easy. It's not easy, but it's fulfilling.
It fights every part of our flesh. It is a full surrender to who he is and who his spirit is. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.